Hi there, and a very warm welcome to Season 4, Episode 19 of People Soup. It's Ross McIntosh here. P-Supers, thanks for tuning in. This is a new type of episode, one aimed perhaps more at those who are workplace trainers or facilitators, who support adults in the development of new skills. It's a short cup of soup called Helping. And it could also be useful for anyone who's ever contemplated the nature of their helping relationship, whether at work or with family and friends. So I'm going to start with a question. Have you ever had the misfortune to fall over in public or witness somebody else taking a tumble? It's yes to both of those scenarios for me, and in my experience there's a common theme, which I'm going to explore. People Soup is an award-winning podcast where we share evidence-based behavioural science in a way that's practical, accessible and fun to nourish your mind, to flourish at work. Let's take a quick scoot over to the news desk. Reviews are in for the release from the archives of my chat with Lou Gardner. Lots of you listened and commented and thank you so much for that. And I think it was summed up beautifully by Ian Tyndall, friend of the show. And he said, always poignant this one, Ross. But very glad you have this episode still and keep her voice and personality very much alive, along with a legacy of amazing work she left behind for everyone. Hear, hear. Thanks, Ian. And thanks to everyone who commented and listened and shared fond memories. So for now, get a brew on and have a listen to my reflections on helping. So, P-Supers, let me take you back to September 2021, way, way back. And this was a few weeks after we arrived in Malaga. I was on an early morning bike ride through the city. The streets were quiet, ethereal, romantic even, with the occasional street cleaning team who washed the marble streets every morning in the historic centre. Before taking a corner next to the cathedral, I gently touched my brakes. And my bike just slipped away from beneath me as I landed with a resounding clunk on the street. Most of the impact was on my left elbow and knee, with a smart tap to my glasses on the pavement, which promptly broke and flew across the street. I'm pretty sure I howled. No bones broken, but a very painful shoulder, and I couldn't see where my glasses had landed, so felt pretty helpless. And I should just say here, yes, I was wearing a helmet, and it was generally a pedestrian street. But something else happened. Although the streets had seemed to be deserted, I looked up to see three faces, a mother with her daughter, and then a young chap ran up too, all very concerned and asking me if they could help. The young chap helped me up and the mother and daughter found my glasses, although one of the legs had snapped off and was missing, which gave me the sort of comic Jack Duckworth appearance. How did I respond? Well, here's the thing. I responded by saying, through the pain, Oh, I'm fine. A bit sore, nothing broken, nothing to see here. Thanks so much for your help. Please do carry on with your day and I'll stagger home. No, 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 it's fine. Honestly, what I really wanted to do was find somewhere just to sit down and have a bit of a sob. So I continued to say, look, I'm fine. And they all left quite reluctantly. I could see them looking back to check, I imagine, to check that I hadn't keeled over. So I was desperate for them to leave so I could cradle my arm, whimper a bit and make my way very gingerly back home with my wonky glasses. The attention and offers of help were uncomfortable. Pisupis, does this resonate with you? When people take a tumble, they're normally quite insistent that everything's okay, nothing to see here, please move along. And this speaks to an important facet of the stance of the workplace facilitator. 
Whether you're training new skills for a group, supporting a team to explore an organisational issue, or coaching someone one-to-one, you're in the role of the helper. And here, I'll introduce the brilliant work of Edgar Schein, a former professor at the MIT Sloan School of Management. He wrote a book called Helping, How to Offer, Give and Receive Help, which is one of my most well-thumbed books. I find his work quite inspirational. Shine presents helping situations as intrinsically unbalanced. When you are in a position of asking for help or support or guidance, you are putting yourself one down. As Shine says, it's a loss of independence to have someone else advise you, heal you, minister to you, help you up, support you, even serve you. So that's like me falling off my bike. I was so keen to express that I was okay, even though I was in agony. I was reluctant to accept the sudden imposed state of dependency and felt humiliated. So when we are asked to help, being put in the role of the helper, this is an immediate gain of status and power, which puts us one-up. And this one-upness can sometimes go to our head. We can perhaps start to believe the hype. So, at the beginning, in every helping relationship, there is a state of imbalance. The helper is one-up, and the person or team seeking help is one-down. And there are risks associated with each role which are explored by Shine. One of those is uppermost in my mind as a skills facilitator for teams and organisations. There can be a temptation to slip into the role of expert. People are looking to you as the source of new skills. Standing at the front of the room or hosting a webinar can feel very much like you're on that expert pedestal. And our self-stories like, I need to know all the answers to every question. I need to fix these people. I need to justify my position as the host or the person at the front of the room. When we are hooked with these I-need-to stories, we'll typically increase the imbalance in the room and become more invested in consolidating our position as the expert, and therefore increasing our one-upness. And there are risks for the team or individual you're working with too. They may feel some initial mistrust, but then begin to feel a sense of dependency and reliance, that kind of feeling that they're about to be magically fixed without any effort on their part. And these are just some of the dangers on both sides of the helping relationship. What I'm constantly trying to do in my work with teams is reduce the imbalance to build trust and an equal partnership. One story that brings this to life brilliantly is from my friend Dr. Rich Bennett from Think Psychology in Birmingham. A few years ago on social media, he posted a story that had an enormous impact on me. In preparing for this episode, I wrote to Rich, who kindly recounted the details of that post. And I'll quote now from Rich. He said, I was doing some training in Hereford in the middle of nowhere. I had asked them if I needed to bring technology with me, such as a projector and stuff. They assured me that I didn't need it, but when I got there, there was nothing. They had also not printed out the handouts that I'd sent them in advance. I had nothing but my laptop and my experience as a trainer with me. I decided just to completely freestyle, despite the fact I was bricking it. It was a valuable lesson, as the feedback was really great, with lots of people saying how refreshing it was not to have yet another day of PowerPoint. I realised that up to that point I'd been very reliant on slides, and indeed, I'd put a lot of effort into making them look amazing, so that nobody was looking at me. I've since tried to reduce my reliance on slides and other things, and have done many no-slides trainings since, and made an effort to be more directly engaging using my skills as a presenter. Rich, thanks so much for recapturing that story. As I say, absolutely inspirational, and I often think about that, having perfect slides and almost hiding behind them. And that's a perfect example of reducing the imbalance. In my work, I sometimes do use slides, and my preference, particularly in face-to-face work, 
would be to use a flip chart and preferably sit in a circle. These strategies all help to lessen the imbalance. In particular with training like ACT, I'm not looking to position myself as the expert. I'm looking to position, I'm looking to present myself as a human being with flaws and vulnerabilities who has experience in sharing a set of practical and useful skills for adults. I choose to reinforce this by disclosing examples from my own life. And this has a dual purpose. It hopefully brings to life what I'm trying to share and allows me to role model the skills. And it also positions me as someone who is also experiencing the human condition and the complexities of life. In my online work, especially since the pandemic, I'm always conscious of the same effect. I think of Rich and his perfect slides, which helps me notice when I might be hiding behind my own fancy graphics. Deciding not to share slides in a virtual environment can be terrifying and immensely rewarding. It removes those barriers, begins to restore balance, and helps me present skills to adults that I know might be useful as they attempt to navigate the complexity of their own lives. It removes those barriers and begins to restore the balance. Incidentally, over the pandemic, I've also experimented with my delivery speed. Knowing that many of the people I'm working with have such hectic and demanding jobs, like people working in schools or people in the NHS, and respecting that they've signed up to this training I'm delivering for a reason, I consciously slow down my delivery pace and aim to create more space for connection and reflection. And this has generally worked quite well. People have appreciated what one group described as an oasis in their week, and a time when they had permission to explore, and of equal importance, to consider, act on and report back on their own self-care. That's it, folks. That's my brief take on helping inspired by Edgar Schein, Rich Bennett, and taking a tumble. So folks, particularly those who facilitate and train, I'd love to get your feedback. Does this resonate with you and your experience? What approaches do you find that help reduce that imbalance? And would you like to see more episodes like this? If you like this episode of the podcast, could I invite you to share it with one other person? I'm really keen to spread the behavioral science and skills with more people. Of course, a subscription follow, rating or review are also very much appreciated. The show notes are at rossmackintosh.co.uk and this includes links to a few different platforms. I love to hear from you and you can get in touch at peoplesoup.pod at gmail.com on Twitter we're at peoplesouppod on Instagram at people.soup on Facebook at peoplesouppod thanks to Andy Glenn for his spoon magic and Alex Engelberg for his vocals. Most of all, dear listener, thanks to you. Look after yourselves, be supers, and bye for now. A young chap helped me up, and the mother and daughter found my glasses, although one of the legs had snapped off and was missing, which gave me the sort of comic Jack Duckworth appearance.